Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and so many theories. You can follow The Story Tinker right here on YouTube, as well as all podcast platforms. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. For bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. If you like what you see, please like and subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Purple Hyacinth on The Story Tinker podcast. And we have Bundin, Christine, and Foop. Hi. Hello. Okay, and this episode is called Free Fall. I wonder why. No, <laughs> we were Oh, free falling. Yeah, when we're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all sing it in unison when we get there. <laughs> so we have Fleming's opening up the door to his room very, very slowly. And Lauren, as of last episode, was frozen. So we were like fully expecting him to open it up and see the mail. She could have just pretended to be a maid by the way, just, I just realized. Unless it's like a do not disturb thing on his door, but I mean. <laughs> She'd be like, I don't care, mm-hmm. sir, your room was filthy. I had to clean it. <laughs> so, but nothing seems to be out of the ordinary because he walks in, puts his hat on the bureau together with the desk, uh, the keys, looks at himself in the mirror and, hmm, my, my, opens up the mirror and, you know, goes, opens up and takes the papers out. And we see somebody looking out from a vision on the floor. We see Lauren's head. So we have deduced that she has put herself under the bed. Classic hiding spot. Fleming's kind of like looks down in that direction. Seems to be a little suspicious. And he walks over to the bed. Leans down. You see him bedding. <laughs> your heart is like pumping up your chest because you're like, she's about to get discovered. Oh my God, it's going down. This is awful. And he doesn't look. He just picks up some papers from underneath the mattress and Lauren is like terrified her eyes are ginormous and he could have like shoved his hand in her face he could have hit her you can see in the next panel his hand is maybe two inches above her head exactly (laughs) reading this for the first time I literally never felt more stressed like reading ph stressful set of episodes man Mm -hmm. I know my heart was like pumping Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god yeah, Lauren's sweating and Fleming gets up <laughs> amazingly Lauren like closes her eyes out of relief she probably fainted there <laughs> and then there's a cling and a clang and she opens her eyes again just like what now because suddenly there's a gun in his hands <laughs> and she's like you know, is he going to come shoot me? <laughs> like, did he realize I was there after all? She just claps her hands over her mouth. And he, you know, puts the gun, uh, looks like in his pocket or whatever, holster, and looks like he's leaving. He's thumping away. Closes the door. Clack. <laughs> Lauren is like, she releases her hand and she's like, <laughs> this poor girl. Mood. <laughs> lost like years on her life (laughs) but she's not gonna lose time because she very quickly takes the um papers from where he had put them and where she now knows there are and she says it's a vanilla folder and it says report she takes it out crawls out from under the bed and starts examining them and then she says like no 
because she looks at the file. She says, no, it can't be. And what does she see? She sees a picture and we don't get to see what she sees because we switch to the next scene. Building up our tension, of course. Of course. I love the tension. See, this is like one of the great devices that the PH uses. It's like you plant something, then they kind of drag it out for a bit. So you kind of feel your suspense build. It's just, it's just great. I love it. I love mm -hmm. the storytelling. And the way it ties in with the next scene too. It's like, why yes. would they cut right there? Great. F is big brain. <laughs> and now we have Kieran telling her, you know, what he said last time. I've heard that death by the golden viper venom isn't one of the softest ways to go. And he's, you know, serious. And she's like, but it's so fun to watch a short show, but extremely entertaining. Again, you know, showing a very callous, completely heartless exterior, whether it's legitimate or whether it's faked, we don't know, but um, she definitely had me thinking she was cold and completely mm -hmm. caring. If only and, Lauren were in the room, man. I need to see Bella interacting uh, with people with Lauren in the room so we could know, but that's that probably going to be, be later. so good. Oh my God, literally, literally, if Lauren... And Bella are ever in the same room it's gonna be paint they're gonna like paint the room red like not just with like <laughs> not just with blood but like with lies like it's just gonna be red all over <laughs> oh my god and now Bella tells him the crucial bit of information that he wanted to hear she says I had the occasion to test it just yesterday and Kieran's like oh huh and who was the unlucky pal you know, he's like feigning indifference, right? But really, he's, he wants to know. And then she says, the spy, the leader planted in the 11th precinct. Wait a minute, the spy? He turned out to be quite useless. So it was time to get rid of him. Which is, by the way, interesting. It's like, so a spy is useless. Instead of like firing him or telling him, you're out of a job, you kill him. I mean, that's I mean, he knows too much at this point because he could always mm -hmm. go to the police report, all that stuff. So it's probably just yeah. a safety measure, but it's just... Brutal. It's awful. It's like just awful. Mm -hmm. And she says, and we're going to talk more about this whole thing in general, but she says, I hope the next one will be less incompetent. Although I wouldn't mind tickling him with this dagger if work so demands. So again, she's just showing like a complete disregard to human life, a love of torture, a love of killing. And again, you know, like I said, is she lying? Is she not? But she is putting on a good show. Okay. I think she's also putting on a facade. I'm personally a Bella sympathizer. She is like one of my favorite characters. I will find <laughs> a way to justify every single one of her actions. If the Kieran Sims can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> but, you do you, man. You do you. I'm going to keep consistent for my man. <laughs> That was like a joke. I didn't mean it like to be. No, 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 no. Obviously, you're good. You're good. Like, okay. feel free to just to clarify. Me, I don't want no. to take that wrong. No. Yes. But basically, I think Bella is a foil to Kieran, as in because they are in similar positions, right? Both of them are working for the leader, and both of them also respond to like different apostles. Bella seems to be um, working with Apostle Seven, and then also with the leader. And both of them are on some sort of a special case. Bella is spying on Seven for leader, while Kieran is being loon to take down the leader. 
And so they very much mirror each other in a way. And we have seen from their series of flashbacks and scenes with um, Lauren that Kieran seems to be a very regretful person. However, he doesn't like showing it much, more expressing that regret through subtle actions such as dropping um, the purple hyacinth. How, um, however, in order to hide his true emotions, Kieran puts on a facade. He puts he puts on a show and he pretends to be a devious, sarcastic, flirty person as the purple hyacinth, as we see in like episode. I don't know, the first few episodes when we see him in, and as well as episode 10 and the following episodes after that, it's not until we start to get to know Kieran more and spend more time with him that we actually see his true colors. So what always gets me is when we initially meet Belladonna, we're only a few episodes into knowing her, and a lot of times people assume that she is a cold-hearted killer with not much else to her which is odd because even though she's not a main character like Kieran is she is more of a side character because she is not alone (laughs) so the main story does not completely revolve around her even though she's not a main character why do we treat her as if she is not similar to Kieran and how she feels about her job so I think you know you're very perceptive in showing how similar they are and we probably should have thought of that earlier but I think also because up until a certain point in the story and we have not gotten there yet, we have not so seen any sympathetic side to her. But Kieran, we've been showing his feeling bits and pieces for a while. We see, we see like the purple hyacinths right away, obviously. We see him, even in the first episode, he's like contemplating the hyacinth. He seems regretful even back then, the first picture we see of him. And obviously we see like flashbacks also of his abuse um, earlier in life. So we can, that already gives us immense sympathy for him and an understanding that he might not have been willing, a willing participant in this. So, you know, because, but we don't get to see any of that for Bella at this point in the story. So we assume she's just a bad guy, but you were hundred percent right that like we probably could have been clued in earlier, you know, that there's more going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've mm-hmm. been I've been on the Bella train for a while like I haven't been super vocal about it but I've been here for a good few months like before the past few episodes like um, that have been coming out like for free I know but because I, I still, there's verbal proof yeah, on I the still, podcast of that <laughs> yeah um, but like we know from Kieran's line about like oh how tacky in the previous episode I believe he was like oh you're still in your snake phase how tacky it implies that Bella is still living a bit in the past, whereas Karen is looking more to the future. Bella is still using the same method of murder. She's still using these similar tactics that she used maybe like years before. So she's not really one to move on or move forward. It seems like, you know, because she's she doesn't really evolve with her murder style or like she doesn't really evolve in how she operates. And it seems like, Kieran recognizes this and so while Kieran is the one who's moving for, forward and making attempts to change the future it seems like Bella is more stuck in the past and scared of what will happen next however so that means that Kieran who does have an outlet he has someone who he can express 
remorse to even if he doesn't want to lauren is still there and although they're not supposed to be they're not really supposed to be personal they are developing a friendship it's of course it's not a friendship that's developing under the best of circumstances they're trying to take down a terrorist organization i don't see how any healthy relationship can develop under that (laughs) but kieran still has someone to talk to and he still has someone who even if accidental he can form a genuine relationship with seeing Bella, seeing the way she carries herself, seeing her relationship with Kieran and how the two talk to each other, it doesn't appear like Bella has someone in her life like that. Maybe Kieran was a figure like that in her life at one point, but not anymore. And so if these, basically what I'm trying to say is that Bella is still Kieran. It, I, even though we haven't really seen her expressing remorse in different ways, it doesn't mean that she doesn't feel it. These two are so similar in a way that it would feel a bit ironic for Bella to not share the same feelings as Kieran. And these two are obviously coming from similar, but still different circumstances. We don't know enough about Bella to really, I am jumping the gun, but it is, we don't, know enough about Bella to know if she's actually a serial killer assassin person or if she does actually feel remorse but if Kieran puts on a facade then it's not far-fetched to say Bella does as well however Kieran is more comfortable with letting down that facade where Bella is not sorry that was a bit of a tangent you're good yeah it's like all the um it's like all the other characters in Purple Hyacinth. There's lots of layers to them. So it would stand to seem that, like, why wouldn't she have some layers to her, too? The onions. Yes. The onions. Yes, the onions. <laughs> onions have layers. <laughs> that line will never die. Nope. And Kieran does seem to be, like you were saying, letting down of the guard. Like, he does seem to be emotionally affected by this because. He looks down for a bit and then he looks up and says, hmm, I see, right? It's not really a response. It's not like his normal cheeky response. It, it's, you know, he is uh, impacted by it. He is, but, but I think he's more affected, not necessarily by the information itself because he knows that the police are um, have spies in their ranks. But I think it's more of, oh, Lauren, when she finds this out, it's going to be insane, which mm-hmm. speaking of. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. <laughs> She, we flip back to Lauren. Lauren says Harvey, and her fingers are shaking as she sees this file. And now we get a close-up. Name, Harvey Wood, date of birth, April 7th, blank, blank, 01. And we're in, we're in like what? I forgot, 17? 27. 27. Yeah. So he's like. Yeah, so he's old, kind of, like 25 or 26, because Lauren is 22, so. He looks so he's a bit older like, than them. He does look young for his age, yeah, but he's one of the like older members. Interesting. And function spy 11th precinct APD in service since March 23rd, blank, blank, 26. So he's been there for a long time. Number of reports 34, execution day, December 20th, 27. And we have a picture of Harvey there looking cute and adorable with his freckled face. And she's like, he was a spy along since the very first day. She's just looking horrified. How could I not notice? He was right under my nose the whole time. And it's also especially horrifying for her because she counts herself as the lie detector. And she's just shocked anytime someone gets away with lying to her, I guess, through her ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
this is one of the key moments where Lauren's where it really sets off Lauren's track of losing faith in her ability because like you know this is such a deep betrayal to her Harvey although they weren't like super close friends like she and Kim Harvey was still you know a friend to her he was nice he never did anything wrong he got along well with uh his co-workers and he did his job well you know she mourned him when he died and he w- he was a significant presence in her life so finding out that he was phantom scythe and she never knew about it even with the ability it would probably send her into a bit of a crisis because she's put so much faith into this ability for so long because people like working working their way around the ability as well so it's like I've always had this theory since this happened I mean when it did happen I was like oh my god it makes like sense and stuff I sometimes think what if they faked that he was a spy I don't know man it's just what if they did that like he's like he's a spy you know, like they just randomly killed him to cause like stuff because I think for what you said that you had a suspicion that Bella knew that or suspected that Kieran was involved with Loon. I feel like that could have been something to kind of stir stuff. I don't know. It's probably not true, but I don't know, man. Like I, you didn't see it coming. I know that's a big part of it, but it's like like that's part of it because she didn't even notice anything, any lies from him whatsoever, which. Harvey doesn't know about her ability, so he wouldn't know to, like, not to hide that, you know, so that's my main thing, but I could be wrong. It could just be me on a soapbox, but it's fine. Yeah. Keep It's Something about this twist that gets me is that, although I like it as a twist, I'm like, oh, that was, that's pretty significant. That's gonna change the way we see the story. I do think that there wasn't enough build-up to it. Like, it kind of came out of nowhere yes Harvey got killed so it makes sense that he would be a spy but we never had any indication of the sorts that Harvey wasn't a police officer before or like wasn't just a police officer I mean we don't need that sometimes because some twists are kind of like smaller in terms of the plot in a way rather than the bigger twists that come more in hindsight so it could it is something where it's just new information like the whole point of it is that like it shakes Lauren up because she couldn't she didn't know she didn't pick up on it and that's kind of the bigger thing it's more of a device for her personal growth rather than as something that we could figure out if if that makes sense at least to me but I, it's also like what if he wasn't and they just killed him just to cause stuff and I don't know yeah I don't think I don't think like we should have been able to like figure it out before. I just think like maybe a line a hint, yeah. that would have been I can see that. sympathetic to the PS or come from a place um, of understanding for PS members, like a lot of PS members who come from lower classes. I think just some comment about that would have been enough to foreshadow this, especially with the overarching theme of Purple Hyacinth or an overarching theme because there's a lot, but with one of the overarching themes that we'll start to develop later on seeing Harvey getting his opinion and his thoughts on the Phantom Scythe and like it could have been like one or two comments would have been like just enough to set up something like this. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. 
So, but also like, uh, it says he reported like thirty-four reports. So it's like, what did he, what did he tell them? What did he tell them? Why was he useless? Why did they decide he's not worth it? Was he maybe like, useless what? on purpose? Do you think he joined the Phantom Scythe for whatever well, reasons we'll discuss more, like whatever reasons, and then didn't really want to be there, so he kind of like didn't do anything important. So he was like, well, I need it. I need it. Maybe he was forced into joining the Phantom Scythe. You know, maybe we, well, we assume we get it for, for money later on, but you know, maybe he was like, well, I need to do it the money, but I'm not going to actually destroy the APD. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Wait, I just realized. Wait. Okay, I think we know this, but we know, you know how Lauren was a detective a year ago, right? Yeah. But then she was demoted because she like slammed that, or, well, because like that dude was lying, right? Mm -hmm. And and then it got messy. What if, because it got messy, Harvey was assigned to that precinct to be a spy? Because he, he joined the precinct a year ago, so... And now they're in like November 27, right? Oh, he, what if he was already there and then he just became a spy at that time too? Uh, that could be it as well. Like he was in yeah, all because like, something happened and then because Yeah, but what if Harvey was supposed to be spying on Lauren? Because the dude realized that Lauren could hear the lies, right? Mm-hmm. And then, we know that it had to do with the Phantom Scythe, so that could be something. Yeah, and that. then the dude like told the Phantom Scythe superiors, so they got Harvey to spy on Lauren in the precinct. But when Lauren hadn't really been doing anything for a while, because or because of the rise of Loon and Harvey wasn't able to really find anything on it, even though Loon had been reporting directly to the 11th precinct, they were like, okay, this guy. Uh, isn't serving any point anymore he's not helping us figure out who loon is even though loon is going directly to the to the 11th precinct and now loon is reporting to the 7th precinct as well and this guy hasn't really been able to get much information on lauren as well as like protect lauren from dangerous situations because like you know remember how harvey was like officer sinclair that was such a dangerous time like in the prologue Mm -hmm. like that what if that is why they killed off harvey and that is why he was useless definitely that hmm. well i guess another thing we'll find out <sighs> so lauren is shocked right she is like how could this be but now at this very moment guess who comes back to his room the door is opening <laughs> lauren's like he's already back oh no the door is opening um lauren's like you know quickly um puts the reports in her pocket um the key is going into the door. He's opening it. She's like panicking. She sees the window, decides, okay, that's my only resort. I don't know why she didn't go under the bed again, by the way. It worked last time. I think maybe she was, I don't know, it's just like to crouch down, crawl under the bed might have made noise because like the floors maybe like, whoa, uh, I don't know. Or Maybe she thought he was coming back for it and she didn't want to risk that because now she knows that he's armed and she's not. And so she just wants to get out. Mm-hmm. He opens the door, Creek, and he sees the window is open. And <laughs> sorry, um, the curtains are billowing. She has obviously gone through the window and it's like, swank, swank, whoosh. You know, you could just hear the sound. And Ryan, you know, takes his hat off, walks over to the window, um, looks outside. 
doesn't see anything. We don't see anything either, except like for the trees and the wind. And we see now, we see like a view from underneath looking up at the window. <laughs> and we see him, you know, now we see Lauren. Lauren is hanging down from some branches in undetermined amount of space underneath Fleming's. <laughs> She's like got this grimace on her face. And hanging on precariously, we see the sweat on her face. She's probably losing her grip. Fleming's closes the window. Lauren's like, Whew. see the sigh of relief come out of her mouth. And then one of the pictures that she took starts flying out of her pocket. Lauren's like, oh no, and grabs it. But of course, now she's hanging on by one hand, <laughs> looks up. It's very cute. Like the tremble marks are now all around the picture. It's a cute way of doing that. And her one hand is just like sliding down. <laughs> and then... <laughs> 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 there she goes. And she scratches herself along the way. We have some blood marks. We have the giant like, we're like going down more blood and bam, she slams, whack. And bam, it's just like a lot of noises. And she keeps hitting branches. <laughs> and then she's flat on her face on the floor. All like a Looney Tunes up. cartoon. <laughs> like, mm, she's bloody, she's thumping. And the way, there's a thump. Who's coming along? None other than then her beloved paramour, Kieran White. You just call him her paramour. <laughs> <laughs> and she is like super disgruntled. She's <laughs> she just sees his feet. Well, we don't know yet as Kieran, but like we see a pair of feet, and then we look up, and he's like in the shadow with the moon behind him, looking quite nefarious. His hands are on his hips, basically. It's like, well, what have we got here? <laughs> and, and now he asks, I love this guy so much. He's like, finally fall for me, officer. I know I did. Okay, I hate Karen, but this is this panel at the end, one of the few moments I will tolerate him because he looks amazing <laughs> in this panel. And the line yes, is does. so good. Like it's just so Karen. Did you finally fall for me, officer? I like I want to hate you, but he makes it so hard. <laughs> I'm glad sometimes, you're coming around. Keep sometimes it's very easy to hate him. But the God, he, he saw an opportunity to roast her and he took it. And you know what? If he hadn't said that, I probably would have been disappointed in him, honestly. Just, <laughs> it is the perfect quip to just throw at her in this moment as she's bleeding out on the floor. Mm -hmm. Just, oh, you asshole, but I love you. Insult Thanks. to injury, but also <laughs> little key flirting. Oh my god. Kieran is really just drinking it up in a bar and Lauren was falling out of windows. The difference. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't but she say that as well in like one of the er the earlier chapter when she was like sneaking in? She's like, I have to do this, and he's off like drinking at the bar. Yep, that's what she says. She complains. <laughs> as she should. <laughs> what he does in the next episode. I think makes up for it. Shall we proceed to the next episode? Yes, we shall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much to my current patrons. Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, Meg, Anna Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, Laura, Joanne, Patty, Jen, Imelda, Shannon, and Esther. Your support is truly appreciated. Mm -hmm.